Outside of Germany's fantastic results today, we have two 1-1 draws that we are going to cover. Hello and welcome to Match Day 9 coverage of Euro 2020 here at Bavarian Podcast Works. As I mentioned, I'm not going to be covering the Germany game in depth here as we previously released an episode from my colleague Samrin. You can go ahead and take a listen to that after you listen to this one. I will offer just a couple of thoughts about the Germany game, but I have two other games to get into. We will go in order of when they appeared in the day, so I'll give my thoughts about the Germany game right after I tell you about the scoreline between Hungary and France, the first game of the day at the Puskas Arena in Bucharest. Uh, it was a interesting affair. I have to say, interesting really is the word that defines the day, because going into this one, it seemed like a pretty easy cakewalk that France was going to come out on top, but 60,000 fans in Hungary will do that to any team that has to play them. So we have to wait until added time of the first half in order to get our first goal. Fiola plays a great 1-2 pass to Chaloy, who gives it right back to Fiola. He runs into the box. Rafael Varane is not able to get anything in terms of a tackle in on him, stop his momentum. He composes himself himself and he shoots under the arms of Hugo Loris to make it 1-0 for uh, Hungary but it takes until the 66th minute for Loris to make up for his mistake he takes a very long goal kick way up the field Mbappe is able to get a touch on it at like the 40 yard mark or the 38 yard mark and controls it and dribbles it waits on the right side of the box, crosses it in, it takes a deflection off of Hungarian defender Vili Orban, and it falls right in front of Antoine Griezmann, who is able to clearly and easily strike the ball into the lower corner of the net. But that is all that France was able to get today as the game finishes 1-1. Taking a look at the stats from Footmob, 66% possession for France, 1.97 xg 15 shots 12 chances created 91 pass success to 34 percent possession for hungary 0.44 xg five total shots though it says six created and 81 percent pass success so that is an interesting result it now throws most of the table up into chaos as We get a better result for Germany, which I guess is now a decent time to talk about it. There's not really much more that we can say about this France game. That 66% possession tells you that France dominated, but they just were not able to cleanly take all of their chances. And it doesn't help when uh, only four of your 15 shots are on target for France, but 10 of them were inside the box. This is a very weird tournament for shots inside the box not being able to go in. But with that, let's go ahead and let's talk about this Germany game. Uh, Germany dominated possession. XG was about the same. We have two own goals in this game. That's incredibly interesting. My takeaway from it is this, and this is really the only takeaway that I'm going to have from it, because Samarin covered this very well, and I, again, encourage you all to listen to her takes. Here is mine. My hope is that Germany is able to keep up this performance. I don't know how much Yogi Love had anything to do with this. I don't know how much it was the players, but 
a lot of the substitutions were really weird at really weird times, right? The first substitutions came in the 62nd minute. He took off Robin Gosens for Marcel Halstenberg when Gosens was the best player on the field for Germany. That that struck me as a little weird. What was even weirder was how great of a game Kai Havertz was having. He got taken off for Leon Goretzka, which I guess I'm not terribly concerned with, but he took off Nick Sula for Ilkay Gundogan. That, or he took off Ilkay Gundogan for Nick Sula. But that was just... It was just weird, weird substitutions. But here, my basic takeaway from this is... My hope is that Germany is able to keep up the performance and make sure that this performance specifically makes a recurrence against a Hungary team that recently drew 3-3 with this Germany team. A draw might throw Germany out of the whole thing, right? But lucky for Germany, they have their own destiny in their hands They've played their two toughest games already, and they will have to play this Hungary side. And it will be a fun game. It will be a very interesting game. Germany will be at home. So this will be the first game that Hungary will not be playing at at the Puskas Arena in Budapest. So hopefully Germany is going to be able to keep their foot on the pedal, stay focused, and keep the momentum up in their direction, in their favor. Hopefully we are able to keep this performance alive and well, because I'm a bit concerned whether or not they are able to put this consistent performance out. Whether or not this was a red herring, whether or not this was just a bad day for the Portuguese back line, and that was the entire reason why Germany was able to score, and the entire reason why Germany was able to win. So, hopefully, that isn't the case. Hopefully, Germany is able to come out on top. Hopefully, they're able to advance and hopefully uh, my prediction is right from the very beginning that Germany is going to advance in second. And so far, I've been doing pretty well in all of my tables and all of my predictions, so I'd like to keep that up. Uh, final game of the day, Poland versus Spain in Sevilla. Uh, so let's start off in the 25th minute. A scuffed shot from Spain's Gerard Moreno goes towards goal. Not nearly enough power. Alvaro Morata is there to clean it up to make things 1-0. There was a long check from VAR to see whether or not this was a goal, and it was confirmed to be a goal. So after a long check, it was decided. 1-0 to Spain at that point in time. And then in the 54th minute, we get Klik from Poland with the ball. He sends it out wide to Kamil Jozwiak, who takes a one-timed cross into the box. It's a high one. It's it's into the box, and we're all Bayern Munich fans, so we all know how this story goes. When you send a high ball into the box, and you have a certain Polish striker in the box, it will be cleaned up. It will be headed towards the goal. And that's exactly what happened. Robert Lewandowski scores. Uh, it's a great moment for him. 
I believe it's his first of the tournament. If I'm completely wrong, somebody tell me in the comments. But Louis scores, makes it 1-1, and that is where things end. Spain only have two points in this group. This very, very weird Group E. Because they drew with Sweden, and now they've drawn with Poland. Look, Looking at this Group E table... Poland is dead last with one point. Sweden is leading the table with four. I don't think many of us would have predicted that. I'm pretty sure the only one at the site would have who would have been able to predict that is our own Swede, Marcus Erdahl, and that's only because he was being an intense nationalist homer. But I don't blame him. This Sweden team has been really good. So we will have to check and see how things go. Now... We have reached that special moment in time where we are at the end of the group stages. So from this point going forward, we are going to talk about how the tables stack up and what each team needs. And by from this point going forward, I mean for the next couple of group stage episodes, we are going to be talking about the games and what each team needs in order to qualify or win the group or whatever. So, both games kicking off at noon Eastern time. Italy versus Wales at the Stadio Olimpico, and Switzerland versus Turkey in Baku, Azerbaijan. So, what does each team need in order to advance? So, let's remind everybody of the standings. Italy are currently on top with six points and a plus six goal difference. Wales are in second with four points points and a plus two goal difference. Switzerland are in third with one point and a minus three, and Turkey are fourth with no points and a minus five goal difference. So what does each team need in order to advance? Italy have already claimed advancing. They are through automatically. I believe any point that they get automatically clinches top of the group for them. Wales, meanwhile, in order to secure promotion, all they need is one point or for Switzerland to lose. Then they automatically go through on second. Switzerland is a tough one because they, at this point, with one point and a minus three goal difference, are really more looking to be the better third-place team than they are to clinch second. Four points will help them towards that regard, towards being one of the better second-place teams. They will have a good shot if they come out with a win against Turkey, which is highly possible. In order to hop Wales, they need to win... I believe, 5 or 6 nil, and have Wales lose. So, it'll be a tough go about it for the Swiss, but it is possible. If they draw Turkey, two points will most likely not be enough for them to be one of the better second-place teams. Switzerland need a win for this game. So, personally... If I'm picking a game to watch tomorrow, it would be Switzerland versus Turkey. There are a lot of Bundesliga players on this Swiss team. You have Jan Zomer, uh, just as a prime example, Steven Zuber, uh, 
I believe either currently with or formerly with Hoffenheim, most likely currently with Nico Elvedi of Borussia Mönchengladbach, Bayern Munich fan favorite Sheridan Shakiri. So that game will be fun to watch. And those are the only two games being played because keeping in mind every group has to have all of their final day games played at the same time to prevent collusion or anything like that. So, that's going to wrap it up for this episode. Thank you all for listening. We will come back tomorrow to break down how the final day went for all of these teams and then tell you guys about what to expect for Monday's games, which will wrap up both both groups B and C. So, enjoy your Sundays. Happy Father's Day in advance to everybody. We will see you all later.